Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Right here in 830 WCCO, brought to us by our good friends, especially the small business, family-run business, By the Yard Outdoor Furniture brings us this Smart Garden show. And look who's here. <laughs> we have missed Julie Weisenhorn for a long time. And we, we love your other colleagues, for sure. They're awesome. But Julie's back. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank gobble, you. gobble. Yeah, you'll be with us for a few more weeks this time. I, yeah, we've, I'm we've got back, you chained to the track. desk. I'm back on track. <laughs> All right, it's good to see you. Uh, and Julie uh, will help us out, help you out. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, now's your chance. And if you're familiar with the show, you know we tend to get busy. So either give Julie a call, 65, we've cleared the lines now, so if you want to use the phone, 651-989-9226, or send a text, 81807. We'll take your lawn and garden uh, questions all hour here. Rather, Julie will because all she... All year long. And all year long. <laughs> we Because, you know, people are interested in I this know. all year long. I know. It's and not just a spring or summer ahead. thing. Yeah, people are reflecting on what happened, and then they're also thinking ahead, kind of like, what can I do to avoid that next year? Yeah, plan <laughs> ahead. No, that's true. Uh, I was going to say, I was looking at the forecast, and I know, I have a feeling we're going to get either a text or a call about somebody saying, can I still fertilize my lawn, or can I still, yeah. and I, I plan on Monday uh, going out with the lawnmower, picking up the remainder of the leaves. I think that's a good idea. You know? Do you just mulch them up then and let them drop on the uh, n- Only when it's a real thin layer. Yeah. But I want to make sure nothing real heavy is on there. It sounds so, like a good plan, actually. Yeah. It gets me outside, I, too. Yeah, exactly, and we may as well enjoy this weather. I mean, I think uh, today is supposed to be... 50s? 39 today, 39, today, 49 tomorrow, tomorrow 59 tomorrow. Monday. Yeah, yeah. How about that? I know. Does that affect the uh, our shrubs and stuff out there? Well, the the issue is is that that the uh, that the weather has been cold enough where things have frozen and died back, and yet now we're getting these warm temperatures. So the fluctuation. This is when the this is when a plant really proves its metal. Because it's uh, it, it can tolerate this, and when it reemerges and reliefs out next spring, then you you can really see you know how that plant uh, is from a cold hardiness standpoint. But the problem is is that the, the plant is trying to go into dormancy, and if it keeps popping up into yeah. 50s and even 60s, um, that's not helping the plant at all. So we want to be sure that if if your soil is still not frozen in certain areas, and and you have evergreens, that you should still try to water them. Take a you know, if you've turned off your hoses like we have at our house, 
uh, you know, bring a watering can out from the house and dump oh, some water on, especially if they're new. If you planted them this year, you know, you want to get them as healthy as possible going into the winter. So you can always, as long as you can still water. You know what? I got to do that today. Especially the smaller the plants. Yeah, they need to hang on to those uh, needles through the winter, so they need enough hydration to do that. 651-989-9226. Send a text, 81807. Somebody just sent a text about, uh, do you have any great tips to care for fresh-cut Christmas trees? Oh, my goodness. I get Yeah, we get that question, I think, every year from mm-hmm. people. Um, I am no expert in the cut Christmas tree uh, area. I would suggest that if you buy a fresh-cut tree is to contact, you know, or talk to the people that you buy it from. If you buy it from, particularly if you go out and cut it uh, from a grower, growers are, Minnesota growers are super informative and they really want people to succeed with their plants. And, uh, and so I would contact them. There's certainly probably information online as well about what to do. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have as I don't have much luck with my trees. We don't no. spend a lot on a tree because uh, we're we don't have it that long at our house. But yeah, but, but fresh. Yeah, cut, I don't know. <laughs> keep it watered. Keep I it was... watered, but cut it off. You know, make a fresh uh, cut. Make a fresh then. cut, and um, people have all sorts of concoctions like adding seven up to the water. <laughs> you know, to add yeah. sugar. Yeah. Um, the most important thing I think is that when you make that cut, the tree starts to close up those um, vessels in the in the plant, and so. As they start to form, you know, you got to get it right in the water right away as soon as you cut it and keep it watered. As long as soon as it dries out, then it starts to close up. The resins start to harden and it closes up and then it can't take up any more water. And that's when it starts to go downhill. I, I heard a news story on CBS about uh, it must have been the Radio City, uh, the big tree they put up in the, mm. in the park. In the, it's huge. It's massive. But I was the the the, the expert, the, the tree guy said... <laughs> How much water does it take? It was something oh, like yeah. 90 gallons a day. Probably just have a just irrigation a, hose yes. going on and off. Just an amazing keeping amount. That, keeping that full. And then if you think about it, we just watched Christmas Vacation last night. Carlisle, <laughs> yes, it's our yes. tradition every year. And, of course, there's a scene where the Rottweiler's drinking all the water and Chevy Chase says, well, if I... You know, if he keeps drinking all the water, the tree's going to dry out. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's one of my favorite movies. I was going to watch, uh, what was it, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and I forgot to do that's that That's a good year. one, too. 651-989-9226. Let's go to the phones. Bruce is calling from Lake Crystal. Bruce, you are on with Julie. Good morning. Hi, Bruce. I guess, uh, good morning. I picked up all my leaves this fall, or a bunch of them anyway, and piled them against the fence around my garden. Can I use them around tomato plants and such next year, or do, should I incorporate them into the ground? No, that's a great idea. Actually, the the leaves from this year make terrific mulch, and if you've if you had the opportunity to mow them up and or chop them up, that's even better because it gets real fine. But it's great that you pick them up, and then you can just take them out of the bag. They'll be nice and dry, probably, uh, and you can okay. just put them around your plants for mulch. That's a great way to reuse your leaves. I did not bag them up. I just piled them up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, still okay. Yeah, you'll look at them in the spring, and and you know they might be matted down and really wet, but you know you can kind of judge in the spring how they look. But um, um, but yeah, they're they're a great mulch. You can put them around some of the plants now. Not your tomatoes, of course, because they aren't planted. But you can put them around your shrubs. Right. Right. Some uh, someone told me that they will cause a mildew. That's not good for your garden plants. 
Uh, well, they can, if they're really wet and matted down, they can mm-hmm. cause some kind of a, you know, they might get a little moldy, but um, but I think it's not to make them too deep is probably the key and, and move them away from the plant stem. But I don't think okay. it's going to hurt the plant too much. Okay. Thank you very much. Very good, yeah. Bruce. Thanks very much. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Bruce leaves that line open, 651-989-9226. If you're new to the area, new to the show, join us. It's called Smart Garden. We're around every Saturday here on CCO on the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, Text us, if you like, 81807. All right, Julie, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll have more show to come. We'll pick up on more phone calls and more text messages when we return. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M is with us on this holiday weekend. Yeah. And as you can see, Julie, we have texters. We have callers. We do. And uh, this show will go on till just about 9 o'clock. But don't wait. If you have a question, call Julie or send a text as soon as you can. 651-989-9226. Text and we'll get back to those. 81807. Uh, Tara's calling from uh, Elk River with a question. You're on with uh, Julie, Tara. Um, hi, folks. Good morning. Morning. Can you uh, tell me if it's too late to transplant a peony? Yeah, it's too late to be transplanting uh, any of our herbaceous plants. So you're going to have to wait till spring. What kind of a plant did you call it? Herbaceous. Herbaceous. Yeah, herbaceous oh. plants are plants that die back to the ground. So okay. peonies are one. Um, uh, yeah, any plant that dies back to the ground. <laughs> Hosta. Uh, yeah, so any of those. So they don't have a woody stem, in other words. So. I've taken your advice. I yeah, told. Uh, so wait till spring, Tara. Uh, as far as uh, the hosta, because remember we've had questions. People say, should I take the leaves? Do oh, I need yes, to rake or mow yeah. them down? And you say, just leave them if you want. Right? <laughs> That's why I did lazy. that this year. I'm first a lazy time. gardener. But they kind of dissolve into the well, they, kind of. Yeah, and I always look at them as kind of a natural mulch. They kind of protect the yeah. crown if it, if it needs it. Hostas are tough plants. Yeah, they so are. Let's face it. But um, but and I get kind of tired of lawn work at this time of year, so or yard work. So uh, I leave them. My friend Kathy, she cuts them all down. She likes them all tidied up for the neat looking. Yeah, nice and neat for the Texter spring. Texter heard us talking about the weather forecast and uh, lawns, and uh, mm-hmm. they had this person had already done some dormant seeding and is praying for yeah, cold weather. For cold. Otherwise, what'll happen? Otherwise, uh, if the temperatures are too high, the seeds could germinate. So uh, you want to balance that timing between uh, when the soil, at least at the surface, is a little bit workable so that you get that soil to seed contact. You can kind of work it in there, but also uh, that the air temperatures are cold enough that the seed will not germinate. Now, with the temps reaching near 50 tomorrow and near 60 on Monday, Texter said, uh, is, uh, is it too late for fall grass fertilizer? Well, the tricky thing with applying a fertilizer now is that, uh, again, your soil needs to be somewhat workable. Uh, If you throw fertilizer on frozen ground, uh, it's just going to either blow off or roll off or wash off if we have a rain. And you don't want that to happen because then you get all sorts of, you know, you get the fertilizer into our waterways. You waste a lot of money on on fertilizer that doesn't get used. You end up with fertilizer in places maybe you don't need it. And so you have to kind of judge it in your own backyard. And fertilizer, you want to read the label on the fertilizer because there 
is also there could also be a temperature requirement there. Um, so it would make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably could do it if if you're not going to have it roll off or blow off your your lawn, or you can work it into you know rake it in a little bit into your grass. But um, yeah, we're getting into that kind of gray zone of of timing. You know, especially when we have days that go from thirty degrees to yeah. almost sixty degrees. Quite a swing. Texter says, "Is I read somewhere that some weeds, such as that awful chickweed, germinate in the winter. Is that true? And should I put down preen now? No, they germinate at a temperature. Seeds germinate at a certain air temperature, and it depends on the seed. Um, I don't know what that is off the top of my head. I'd have to do a little looking up. But um, some uh, some weeds will, what you want to do is remove those weeds in the fall or treat them so that they don't, uh, put out any seeds into the seed bank. The seed bank is the soil, and uh, weeds in particular will produce thousands and thousands of seeds per flower head. So the important thing is to get rid of those weeds before they go to seed. Um, right now, if you've had chickweed and you haven't removed it, it's pro- you probably have chickweed seeds in your soil, and they'll germinate in the spring. Oh, okay. If you have a uh, lawn or garden question for Julie, now's your chance. Call us at 651-989-9226. Or if you prefer, send a text like other folks are doing, 81807. Somebody responded to the dormant seeding question, is it too late to dormant seed? Well, there's a great publication that Sam wrote uh, on dormant seeding, and his instructions are the soils need to be workable, uh, unfrozen, in other words, so that you can get that soil-to-seed contact. That's really important. Uh, and yet the air temperature needs to be cold enough that the seed won't uh, germinate. And so with 60 degrees, and granted, that might be like a blip on the That's right. radar. That's like a one-day kind of thing. If we had a week of 60 degrees, I would say, you know, wow, uh, you hold don't off. want a dormant seed. I hold off till it gets colder. So that is that is the whole uh, premise for and kind of instructions for that. So you need to take a look at that um, that air temperature and watch that air temperature. And I'm trying to, I, uh, maybe I'll find that out during a break. Oh, okay, what, sure. What that air temperature Do a little is. research. Yeah. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Not a lawn or garden question, but what was that Christmas movie Julie watched? <laughs> Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Christmas National vacation. Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Of course. With Chevy Chase <laughs> and a roster of other famous people. Uh, Texter says this, that people are interested since the weather, obviously, mm-hmm. are still thinking sure. about their lawn work. Can I still rake without hurting the grass? Yeah, you, the, our grasses now are, are probably pretty pretty well going into dormancy. But, uh, yes, you can rake now, unless it, unless your lawn is really wet. But we haven't had a lot of moisture. No, we have so not. not we had a little lately. drizzle yesterday, but that was it. Yeah, you could easily rake. I, I'm assuming they're raking leaves. So Yeah. All right, 651-989-9226. Back to the phones we go. Jim is calling from Wilmer. Jim, good morning. Hi, how are you? Good. Good morning. Hey, question on rose bushes. Is it too late to trim them now that kind of shape them up for the winter to get them kind of looking better? Are they climbing roses or are they shrub roses? Shrub roses. Okay. I wouldn't trim them, and here's why. Because uh, those rose bushes, uh, even when you cover them, or protect them with leaves, for example, or, um, you know, straw or something, there's going to be a little bit of dieback on the tips. And if you cut them back now, you're going to have less plant to work with in the spring. You're still so going to get some dieback. So the time to maybe shape exactly, them Exactly, exactly. So let them, let, let, leave them alone now for the winter. 
pack in. I, I would recommend putting like chicken wire around them or hardware cloth is better because the animals can't get into the holes. And then sure. pack some leaves in around there. You can leave the tips of the plant showing uh, if you have to. And then in the spring, just start taking that off and you can check and see, you know, how your plant's okay. doing. Sure. Appreciate everything. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, you bet, Jim. Jim. Have a great day. All right, there he goes. Jim leaves that line open if you want to call in your lawn or garden question for Julie, 651-989-9226. I know we have to break here momentarily, and we have another half hour of the show to go, so if you didn't make it this half hour, we'll uh, have more time for your calls or text messages. Don't wait, though. Don't wait till it's too late. More importantly, a question, a texter says, most important, where is Julie playing? <laughs> now, for those that don't know Julie, <laughs> you, you have this, uh, this avocation as a musician. And you have a group called the Abiders. The Abiders, yeah, yeah, a bunch of great guys. So um, we are working on some gigs coming okay. up, but we have nothing scheduled right now. We well, it's just, a holiday. Uh, it's yeah, it's a holiday. We just played at uh, the Minnesota Music Cafe for the Blues A Jam, uh, which was about I don't know fifty musicians or so playing uh, for uh, to help Puerto Rico and Virgin mm, and the Virgin Islands, our, our fellow citizens down sure. in those islands. Uh, communities that were hit so hard by the hurricane. It was awesome. It was really a great time. Jim Stairs uh, from uh, Squishy Mud actually set it up and, along with Gary, Gary Eckert, and, and we love those guys, and they did a wonderful job. Good deal. Thanks for doing that. That's yeah, great, you guys. My yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, it was All a right. lot of fun. But we'll let you know when, Julie, when you have we your will. next schedule. I'm going to be on the air a lot nah, now. That's right. <laughs> and you can always go to theabiders.net if you want to check. Good. Thanks for the question. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. We'll take this break. 33 degrees going for 39. We'll have a look at that forecast coming up, too, here on 830-WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M. And this show has brought to us by our good friends at By the Yard Outdoor Furniture. Furniture. We talked about those good folks. Family-run business, small business Saturday. Get down to that showroom and visit those nice, nice people who make that great furniture. All right, Julie, we have callers. Right. We have texters. We'll put you back to work since you've Let been gone for rip. a while. Let her rip. All right. <laughs> Lynn in Plymouth is first up here. Lynn, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we have a kind of an outback in our backyard, which is wild. I was told that the toxic plant that I touched that blisters me is wild mustard. Does that sound familiar to you? Uh, well, there's uh, there's garlic mustard. That's, yeah, a, that's okay. It. Garlic mustard, right? Okay. okay. I didn't know that it had a dermatitis uh, effect. Mm. Oh my gosh. It, it's awful. It's okay. Awful. And I'm just wondering, how do we get rid of that? I see the, the bare stalk standing up now. I've been just terrified to go back up there sure. once I got rid of the rash this year. I didn't want to go back up. Okay. Uh, well, um, okay, so garlic right now is not the time to treat for garlic mustard because we just the temperatures are fluctuating so much. And uh-huh. pesticides, herbicides in particular, uh, would need to be applied at a when temperatures are warmer and the and the plant is actively growing. Now it's basically died back for the year. Um, so garlic mustard in the spring, when you start to see it emerging, then you could treat it. And because of your sensitivity to it, I would say don't mess around with organic, you know, slow. Uh, application type stuff. I would I would hit it with an herbicide uh, to it's get rid of it, and you're gonna and and then you'll have to probably retreat because it it is a um, pretty persistent plant. 
but right. but you want to do it in the early in the spring and okay. identify the plant correctly. Make sure you're treating the garlic mustard, um, and then go ahead and and uh, treat it with a, a broadleaf herbicide. Okay, very good. Thanks. Yeah, you're right. welcome. Very I'm good. sorry Thank to you. hear that. I've never heard of anyone with a uh, sensitivity. What is to that? It, what is that other stuff that that's kind of burning? Well, there's um, there's you know uh, uh, wild parsnip. Okay, that's a that has a lot is of there a, a nettles? N- nettles, nettles, yeah, nettles. Of course, poison ivy, gas plant, which is actually a beautiful ornamental. I'm sensitive to that. When I mm. bump into that, I get blisters on my arms. And, wow. Yeah. So it's it's you know individual. Yeah, All right. Th- thank you. For, thanks for the call. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. We'll get back to the text messages and another follow up from Julie. But Marion is calling from Crystal. Hi, Marion. Hi. Good morning. I have a question about amaryllis bulbs. I had this great idea that I was going to get some for some of the women in the family. Sure. But when I went to our well-known uh, greenhouse. <clears throat> the bulbs were on sale, and I thought, oh, yeah. Well, no, she said, they have to be grown right now because some of them were already showing a little green tip. Right. And I was just crushed because I said, well, I can't save them till Christmas. No. She said, no. But, you know, we've in the past, we've got some from people that sent us from a nursery, I think, out east. And they were, you know, in box, little boxes, and um, we got them. And I didn't start mine till after Christmas, and it wasn't growing or anything. And I, um, I don't know. I got really confused on okay. whether I could get them or not. Yeah. So it's it it just has to do with the uh, <clears throat> with the timing of the bulb and the age of the bulb and how it's cared for. A lot of times when you buy the the pre boxed. Bulbs, the bulbs you see now, you'll see a bud, and people want that. Actually, they want it to be, you know, have some kind of sign of life, so to speak, when you give it to somebody. So, uh, what I would recommend is that when you, uh, I would shop a little later, closer to Christmas, and then you can buy those that have uh, a a bud coming up uh, for people. They can open the box up at Christmas and go, "Whoa, oh, wow, this is great!" You know, and it'll bloom, you know, shortly thereafter. So, I would just hold off and and you know, watch for. Uh, you know, talk to a local garden mm-hmm. center, tell them what you mm-hmm. want to do. Uh, they have a lot of bulbs that, um, you know, they, they're getting shipments all the time. So that would be my recommendation. But um, just kind of hold off buying them. Okay. Very good. If you'd rather send a text to Julie, 81807, here's one that says, uh, is there anything I can do now to help eliminate Japanese beetles next year? No. Not really, <laughs> not really this time of no, year. No, not this time of year. Um, and, and Japanese beetles are something we are all going to have to suffer with. Um, treating Japanese beetles is, is uh, really, particularly for homeowners, uh, the best way is to actually do the hand picking morning and night, go outside and, and, and get that soapy water going and, and pick them off of your plants. Um, or choose plants that, that they are less likely to feed on. For example, they love roses. They love grapes. Uh, they love raspberries, and just just make a decision. If you really hate them or have them very prolifically in your yard, you may choose to not plant those. I know that's a sad thing to say, but there's a lot of plants out there that can uh, take their place. So um, Jeff Hahn, our entomologist in Extension, did a terrific publication on Japanese beetles called Japanese Beetles, The Aftermath. 
and it's on our Yard and Garden News blog. If you're not haven't read that before, please go to our uh, Extension Garden site at extension.umn.edu. Click on the Garden tab and scroll down. Look for Yard and Garden News, or you can Google University of Minnesota Yard and Garden News also. And read that publication because he has a terrific kind of wrap-up about Japanese beetles. And there's a lot of misconceptions about that Mm. out there. So, And a lot of people assuming they can do things now to prevent them from being in their yard next year. I'll tell you this. Adult Japanese beetles can fly a long distance. They're strong bugs. And so uh, thinking that you're going to kill the adults in your yard and not get any more, you're fooling yourself. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm going to get off my Japanese beetle soapbox now. But do read that article because Jeff is very wise and and very knowledgeable and gives some great information about that. He's helped us out uh, for many years here at CCO. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, All my colleagues are. They are. And we we were exposed to you guys when you come here on the show and help our listeners out. But I'm glad you brought up the website because that in itself – is a great resource. Yes, even planning for next year. Yeah, you know, especially planning. Yep, for and, next and year. I have I have a post on Yard and Garden News. I'm going to plug my own post Do here. It. Um, I've been doing a lot of work uh, with a lot of my colleagues too about flowers for pollinators. Master gardeners have been involved, and there's a, a a blog post that I put out there about that. And there's a survey there: How pollinator friendly is your yard and garden? And I'd like everybody I challenge you all to take that survey. And uh, see how get a score. You get a score at the end, hmm. and you and based on your score, you'll get uh, resources sent to you via email. Put your email in there. Nobody's going to send you. You know, I might send you a follow up on it and say how'd you do. Um, but um, but take a take that survey and and find out whether you know there's things you can do to improve your landscape for pollinators. And this is a good time here to think about that yeah. because you might be wanting to plan for some of your landscape changes next year. So. Texter Plug says, there. why not? We'll do that again before you leave yeah, us today, too. Yeah, that'd be great. Do lots of pine cones being produced mean my spruce trees are healthy? Is, uh, that, is that an indication yeah. of anything? Well, plants will produce. Um, those pine cones are the seeds. They're the uh, the progeny of uh, the tree. And so uh, sometimes they'll produce a lot of cones. Uh, sometimes they'll produce a lot of cones because they're under stress. Um but sometimes they don't produce a lot of cones, and it just fluctuates with the years. Sometimes trees will produce a lot of apples. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they produce a lot of flowers. Sometimes they don't. So it, it depends, and, and, the, and the tree goes through different cycles in that respect. So I wouldn't necessarily say that it means your tree is unhealthy, or, or, uh, but, you know, you got to look at the whole tree. You know, do you have healthy needles? Is the tree putting on new growth in the spring? Is it overall, does it look robust and healthy and vigorous? Um, are you getting a lot of bare branches? You have to look at more than just the cones. Okay. Uh, you know, did you want to follow up with oh, uh, yes, with yes. what, uh, what yeah. Sam had to say, and then we'll get back to it. By the way, the text number is 81807, or call us 651-989-9226. You found a right, great, uh, yeah. great piece of information. So I went to our Yard and Garden News blog, and, and Sam has a link to a publication. It was actually written in 2013, but it still applies. It's on dormant seeding. And in that publication, it indicates that you want to watch for daytime temperature highs. These are the highs. 35 to 40 degrees before you seed. And so then the seed warmer. won't germinate. Yeah. Yeah. So right now we're looking at what do we look at? 60 degrees coming up. Now that's a blip. Yeah. But we have some pretty 40, high 50, temperatures. So yeah. I think you and I were thinking you could probably wait a week or so. Yeah, wait even a week. into December 
and try dormant seeding. But you've you've taught one thing, like many things, but one is you got to have that soil contact, though. Right? Yeah, the seed to can't soil. just toss it there. Yeah, if you toss it there, it can blow away, and and um, I mean the worst case is the seed germinates in those little plants. You know, they don't make it to spring, right. but then you've wasted seed, and and you want to spend money on seed. You want to. You know, you get what you pay for that's when right. you buy seed. You want to buy high-quality seed and seed that's appropriate for your location and your site conditions, light, soil type, kind of seed you want to grow. Texter says, when is the best time to transplant raspberry bushes? That would be in the spring. You want to wait till spring for that. And uh, and in that case, you're going to, you know, if you're transplanting them from one part of the yard to the other, you want to do it before they break bud. Uh, in other words, before those buds start to open up and the leaves start to emerge. You want to do it before that. That would be the best time. Uh, by the way, the text number is 81807. At this time of year, texter says, is it okay to trim a few branches on a maple tree? The branch is getting too close to the neighbors. Yes, you could do that now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fine. Okay. Uh, let's see. Roots are showing on my maple tree. What can I do about this? That's kind of what they do, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm... I'm guessing that they mean that their roots are showing above the ground. Right, probably. So then uh, I think that that's, I mean, that's normal. So um, you can, I always recommend, particularly with maple trees, is to protect them with mulch. A lot of the, you know, I've said this before in, in on the air, um, but, uh, you know, most of the most of the roots for a tree that absorb water and take up nutrients are in about the top 8 to 10 to 12 inches of soil. So protecting those with mulch will help to lessen compaction. Uh, it will help to uh, hold moisture in. It will help to moderate soil temperatures so they gradually freeze and they gradually thaw. Mm-hmm. So it does all sorts of good things, So particularly maples because they're sensitive to compaction. All right. Tell no you what, problem. Julie, yeah. we have to take a quick break. We'll have more show to come. 651-989-9226 or send a text 81807. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on A3OWCCO. Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M Extension. A lot of questions up here. A lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell you what, let's go back to the phones. Uh, folks sure. uh, that have been waiting, then we'll pick up on more text messages. Uh, Norlene is calling from Minneapolis. Norlene, good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hi. I've got some Ironcraft Samracks that I got for free. I bought something else. And so they had no, absolutely no directions on what to do. You know, you just get them and you plant them. Well, I planted, been planting them in a tire planter, and they just get so big and and so pretty. But I never knew. I've been digging them up. Okay. I've been digging them up because I didn't know if I could just leave them in there or what. But you know, it, it gets to be a lot of work. <laughs> You know, and so I was just wondering if I could have been just leaving him out there all this time instead of going through all that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how hardy they are. I, I, most of the shamrock plants, or oxalis is the, the genus, most of those are not winter hardy and are more house plants. And so um, what I'd recommend is that just if, if you've been digging them up and, and transplanting them to other parts of your yard or if you've been digging them up, digging them up and putting them in a pot. Uh, if you can still dig them up, I just take a few of them and put them in a pot and put them in a sunny window in your house, and then next year you could transplant them back into that planter 
So kind of keeping those over the year and keep them going. They should be fine then in the house. But, yeah, I don't think they're winter hardy. Okay. I don't Thanks. know. Exactly. Thank you, Norlene. Yeah, thank you. Uh, let's see. Let's, I don't want to forget about the textures uh, again. Do, 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 how can I rein in some climbing vines that seem to go all over the garden and up the side of the house? Well, by reining in, uh, I mean pruning, of course, judicious pruning, and you'd want to wait and do that in the spring. Uh, you don't say what vines they are. No. Um, in some cases, if it's like Virginia creeper, which is a great native vine, uh, has great fall color, um, you can just prune that mm-hmm. in the spring. Uh, if it's uh, something like a, a bittersweet, uh, that's a really aggressive vine, American bittersweet. Um, Oriental bittersweet is a noxious weed, and you need to know the difference between the two. And you can look at the uh, uh, Minnesota Department of Agriculture website. In fact, there's actually on our blog we have a good publication with uh, information about Oriental bittersweet, which is a noxious weed in Minnesota, hmm. but um, it needs to be removed. But so depending on the on the vine, but you can trellis vines. You can certainly prune them in the spring. Um, you can tie them. You can keep them pruned back. Um, so there's all sorts of ways to manage the vines. The point is, is you have to get out there and do it and you have to do it on a regular basis. So, um, I would wait now. I mean, you could certainly, if it's a vine you don't care about, uh, you could certainly wait and you could cut some of it back now if it's blocking a doorway or covering a window or something. But, um, but I would wait till spring and then just cut it back, cut it, uh, you know, identify it and then cut it back to, you know, the, the size that you want it to be and train it then if you want it to cover a fence or a trellis or a wall or whatever it might be. All right. Texter says this, can I still, back to the yard, can I still mow one more time? The yard seems a little long. Yeah. Uh, I would think so. I'm to do that Monday. Yeah, I think you could certainly mow. Yeah. yeah. Could Julie please talk about Christmas cactus? I received one as a gift okay. and need to know how to take care of it in the winter as well as in the summer. Okay. Now I know that one texter uh, was... Uh, not happy that we refer to our website as often as we do, but we do have a lot of great information on that website, and we can't cover all of it in this uh, short time that we have on the air. So we do have to refer to it and encourage people to go to that website. It's, it's an added feature. Not added only feature. do you answer these questions, <laughs> you right. give them, yeah, I think the listeners, exactly. a selective listener. So, um, so I'm going to refer somebody on the Christmas mm-hmm. cactus um, I'll give you a couple short things about it, but I encourage you to read the publication. I worked hard on it, so did Mary Meyer. So, yeah. uh, and it does have a great chart on on what to do if there are problems, uh, and it gives you some some answers for that. So, Christmas cactus, um, even though they are succulent, they have thick, meaty leaves, um, which are not technically leaves, uh, but they uh, they do not want to be wet. They need to be well drained. And they uh, are called a photoperiod plant, meaning that they will bloom when, t- when our days get shorter, when the, the amount of daylight that they receive is less. And that's what kicks them into bloom, along with temperatures. They don't want a really warm room. Um, I believe that it's more around uh, 65 degrees. So you can compensate for temperature and compensate for daylight if you have a lot of light where they are, or uh, you can alter that with... Uh, by temperature, using temperature. So, um, so take a look at that. But the important thing is the drainage. A lot of times people will overwater them or they'll be uh, in a small pot that sits in a larger pot and people will just dump water on them. And they wind up sitting in this 
water, this reservoir of water. So take them out of that, make sure that, and put them in a sink, water them well. Uh, They do not uh, need to be transplanted. Um, They like to actually be somewhat confined. And uh, if if you break off a branch by accident, Take a little root tone, which is a, a rooting hormone that you can buy at a garden center. Put a little bit on the end, and then stick them in in the soil, and they'll they'll root in no time. So, um, but but again, that publication that we have is a terrific publication. I think we have about a little over a minute to go. Uh, Texter says, "I was wondering if it's too early to prune back our spirea bushes since the weather has fluctuated so much." You need to do that. I think I would wait. Wait on pruning. Um, when you prune a plant, it will oftentimes kick in. It'll kick in uh, a hormone reaction into the plant to to put out new growth. And with our fluctuating temperatures, it's best to just wait now. And just unless they're blocking a window, blocking a doorway, blocking a a walkway, uh, just wait. To Same prune. with evergreen shrubs. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Now that being said, if those are uh, if those are summer blooming spirea. Yes, you could cut them back now. Ah. Uh, if they are spring blooming, uh, you want to wait until after they bloom. So you have to decide. Are they summer blooming? You could cut them back now. So I'm going to contradict myself. There. Okay. But if they're summer blooming, yes, you could cut them back now. If they're spring blooming, you want to wait till after they bloom. How about evergreens? Can you prune uh, the evergreen shrubs ever, now? Well, evergreens uh, can be pruned now, um, but they also... Um, you, it depends on what you want to do. If you're if you're trying, if they're an evergreen like a juniper or a yew, then you can prune them uh, certain ways. But you know, you can always ask ask extension uh, on our website and yeah. go to extension.umn.edu. Click on the garden tab. Go to ask extension. Email us your question. Good deal. I'll All see right. you next week. Have a hey. uh, no no. Week, I think so. The week after that. Oh okay. Yeah. Thank I think you, it's Julie. Teresa next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.